for this, but you didn't. You stayed, you served, and look, I remember the early days. I remember over, I can't even remember where it was, a little tiny building over somewhere in the other part of San Antonio. Uh, but look what God has done. Would you give God praise? <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you tonight. And uh, I want to minister from the book of Ruth this evening, chapter 1. And this story in the Bible is so intriguing. Sometimes things can be so normal and yet so wrong. It's a story about decisions. How my one decision does not just affect me, but affects my wife, my children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. Generational influence from a decision. But also this story is about spirit and attitude. I want to make a statement to you. A right attitude breaks the curse and blesses bitterness. One of the great weapons you can have in this spiritual warfare of life is when you have a right spirit, generational curses can be broken. If you don't have a right spirit, half the fellowship can pray for you. And I wonder if you're still bound but also it blesses bitterness. I want to minister from Ruth. I want to read two, uh, two or three very familiar verses. Uh, verse 15. Here is uh, now she's speaking to Ruth. She said, look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people, to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. Your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also. If anything but death parts you and me. A right attitude conquers the curse and blesses bitterness. Father, we come tonight, we come by the revelation of your word. We come by the power of your spirit. God, I thank you for these people that you've assembled tonight. I'm asking, Lord, that you would bind up the brokenhearted, those that life has bruised and incarcerated that you open prison doors. Those who are bound set at liberty Give freedom of spirit and heart and life. Heal the sick. God, may your gospel forever be preached to the poor and the nations. We ask tonight, God, you pour out your spirit. Touch these people. Make yourself real. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk to you first about processing life correctly. As a child of God, this demands faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. This means you can do good things. You can do biblical things, 
But if there's no faith attached to it, how much does it please God? This story begins with a family. It's attached, the setting is the book of Judges. Some believe Ruth could have even been incorporated in the book of Judges. And when you read the book of Judges, it's a time of lawlessness. The Bible said every man was doing that which was right in his own eyes. This is a picture of society. A picture of a society, a generation that's thrown off all restraint. They've cast off the commandments of God. They're no longer honoring God as a nation. They're in rebellion. So what happens? A famine hits the land. Ruth 1.1, now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. When you rebel against God, mark it down, there's a famine with your name on it. Things will begin to dry up. Your marriage dries up. That which was once filled with passion now, your world begins to shrink and crack like a famine. Famine speaks of lack. Everything that once gave life meaning and purpose now there's famine. It's possible to have an emotional famine, a spiritual famine, relational famine or financial famine. There's different faces to famines in life, but now there's a father and life demands decisions. And as I said, decisions demand faith. He's having to make choices in a difficult time. Think about his name and his wife's name. His name is Elimelech. Means God is my king or God is king. Naomi, the woman who brings joy. The woman who's filled with pleasant spirit. Your parents give you a name. Many times they give you a name with great hope. And they want to attach a spirit or a portfolio by the name. But the famines of life, now you're no longer satisfied. Famine of the soul. Famine of ministry. And it's not just material lack we're talking about. It's a spiritual famine many times with people. What you once expected, where was once passion and desire... And, and vision and destiny, now life. It's dried up, it's parched, it's shrinking. And the great test of faith is in the famines of life, the dry places. I don't feel fulfilled. Life now and serving God seems to be dull. This could be in your marriage, be in your ministry. Now life seems to be empty. Right here, I've seen God's people do strange things. I've seen ladies come in with hairstyles. I hardly recognized them. It's a mark of a famine. I've seen men go get tattoos, join the gym, 
They're going to get a six pack, but if you live long enough, you're not careful, it'll become a keg. <laughs> Go buy things they can't afford. Elimelech, evidently there was conversation with him and let's go down to Moab. What they're saying is I will find fulfillment and the answer for the famine of life outside of God's boundaries, outside of the church, outside of God's will and God's inheritance. I'm going to find fulfillment in Moab, a picture of the world, a cursed place. How many times have I seen people in a crisis of life make a decision and begin to go down this road? They're searching all over Moab. I know it's here somewhere. I know it's here. They're running to and fro in the world. This experience, that experience, this recreation, that entertainment, and the list goes on and on. Elimelech has the name, God is king, but he doesn't live the life. The problem with Moab and famine, it seems so reasonable, no doubt. Perhaps initially seemed like a great decision. So here's a father and a mother, two sons, Malon and Chilion. The Bible says they went to the country of Moab and remained there. I wonder about their conversations in the early times. I wonder what came out of their mouth when they first saw Moab. What an excellent decision. We've escaped the famine. The boys became men and found wives, Orpha and Ruth. Elimelech, again, is one of those men who has the name. He knew about God. He had relationship, no doubt, with godly people. He had understanding of the Old Testament God. He had a history, maybe, even with God. But when it came to living for God in a difficult time, when it came to making a decision by faith and not by flesh, he missed God. He moved his family to a place where they became vulnerable, exposed, a cursed land and a cursed people. Is that you, sir? Is that you, mom? How's your faith in the famine seasons? We cannot control the different chapters of life. We can't always avoid the famine chapters or seasons or climates of life. But what we can control is the decisions we make during that season. The deception, as I mentioned, it doesn't seem evil. It's not like I'm gonna go smoke a joint. Not like I'm gonna go rob Circle K. 
Hey, I have to care for my family. We're in a famine. Jesus gives this scenario of excuses. The invitation went out. The invitation to come to the house of God, perhaps, or this celebration of God. I've married a wife. I can't come. Not evil in itself. I've bought five yoke of oxen. I must go test them. Not evil in itself. Employment. I bought a piece of property. I must go see it. Business, perhaps. None of these evil in their appearance, but Jesus said, none of these that I invited that gave that excuse will now be a part of what I'm doing. How many people leave the will of God, the house of God, right here? The famine places. Deuteronomy 23.3 speaks about the land of Moab. The Amorites and the Moabites shall not enter the assembly of the Lord even for ten generations. None of his descendants shall enter the assembly of the Lord forever. Why would you take your family there? Why would you expose these vulnerable sons, a precious wife, to this kind of environment? this kind of culture, this kind of curse. No doubt you're familiar with the story. All of the men died in Moab. Ruth 1.3, Elimelech, Naomi's husband died. Verse 5, both Malon and Chilion also died. I wonder how many run to a spiritual Moab in crisis and they end up buried there. I want to think with you also about the pain of life. Think about Naomi. Years before she left Bethlehem, Judah. No doubt with wonderful dreams and expectations. Excitement in the conversation. The thrill, the adventure. Moab's going to be fantastic. We'll get away from this famine. I wonder the words. Well, they'll limelick. Maybe even the sons listening can't wait to reach Moab. When they first saw it, this beautiful, fertile green valley, what looks so promising in the beginning now has become her pain. Place of death. The place of such promise, no doubt in their mind, became the place of pain. Added to that is the agony, the very thing they left the will of God for. Now he sent to Bethlehem. That would add to the pain. Young lady, beautiful young lady many years ago, probably 35, 30 years ago, Saved, still in the church today. This young man came in. Handsome. Personality. 
could have passed for a movie star. But he's a new convert. His whole family are involved in drugs. I've witnessed to his family, knew his parents, brothers. They're all involved in the streets. And I warned her, I said, listen, dear, let's let him live for God. Let him, let's, let's watch him, watch him. But you know, her emotions, this is, this is God. Pastor, this, I prayed, this is God. Now years have passed, they're still married, have children. But on probably at least three or four occasions, she's been in my office. She take off her sunglasses and her face bruised, weeping. Pastor, I would to God, I would have listened to you 30 years ago. I wonder what God would have had prepared for her if she had simply stayed in his house, trusting him. What looked so promising and so exciting became pain. Ruth 1.6, then Naomi arose with her daughter-in-law that she might return to, from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. If I had just stayed, perhaps I'd still have my husband, my sons, and now there's bread, the famine is over. I can't tell you over the years, I've been pastoring close to 50 years, 48 years. Pastor, I would to God, I would have stayed in church. And they begin to tell you their story. Let me ask you a question. Are you running to the world after things that if you'd just live for God, very possibly he'll present it to you with his blessing. A wife, a husband, money, purpose, fulfillment, destiny, ministry, peace, joy, the list goes on and on. The frustration of Screaming across, my, I know it's here, it's here, it's here. And then after sometimes decades, I've had people come back. And now they're scarred, broken, disillusioned. Pastor, I wish I'd have just stayed living for God. Pain changed this woman's name. So now Naomi and Ruth, they're returning to Bethlehem, the house of bread, future birthplace of David and Jesus Christ himself. And as they return, it says all the women, from they're excited, they run out. Oh, Naomi, Naomi, we, oh, we welcome you home. Listen to her response. 
the first recorded words out of her mouth, don't call me Naomi, call me Myra. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full and the Lord brought me home again empty with nothing. Why do you call me Naomi? The Lord has testified against me. Her pain changed her name. You get a picture of this. I've had this happen to me. I mean, they run out and they're, the problem with a bad attitude, it explodes on everyone and everything in sight. The problem with the wrong, it's hard to live with the wrong spirit and a bad attitude. What I'm talking about when you're married to them. And that's not legitimizing your thoughts of divorce, okay? But I've, how many, I've had people miss church. Maybe I didn't see them. I was gone. They were gone, whatever, a couple of weeks or three weeks. And I'm at the door and I'm shaking hands. Oh, how you been? I haven't seen you in a while. Hey, I'm okay. What do you mean I haven't been? I'm here, aren't I? What? I mean, and whoa, 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 whoa. Chill. You want to just tell Naomi, hey, 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 just, come on, just, we're just glad to see you. But see, that's the problem when you have a bad spirit. It explodes. Don't call me Naomi. Call me Myra. You know, a lot of people change their names. You know what Tom Cruise's name really is? His last name is Mapotter the Fourth. It'd be hard to be Top Gun with a last name like Mapotter, wouldn't it? <laughs> but I've never known of anyone changing their name to Bitter. She allowed her experience to become her identity. This happens too many times. We go through something traumatic. We go through something and we don't process it correctly. A bad experience, a rejection, a betrayal. Or we did something stupid ourselves and now we have this tendency that it marks our spirit. You were ghosted. I had to ask my grandkids what that meant. If you're young, you know what I'm talking about. I pastor people gone through divorce. What do you want people to call you? What do you want people to call? Let me ask you maybe a better, what do you call yourself? What do you want people to call you? What's your testimony around people who really know you? What's your testimony at home? Your place of business, the school, the church. Here's this woman. And she says, I want my attitude to be my name. Call me Mara. Is that you? 
It's interesting when you have a wrong spirit. She's blaming God. The Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. When I left, I was full and I came home again empty. The Lord has spoken against me. Wait, 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 wait. I don't remember any record that you and Elimelech even asked God about Moab. How many times we make our own decisions and when the bottom falls out of it, now all of a sudden it's God's fault. It's the pastor's fault. It's the church. Hey, 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 hey. You made the decision. Own it. But see, this is so common of the human personality. Now it's God. Think about Ruth for a moment. Naomi said, I went out full and I came home with nothing. And Ruth's standing there. What about me? The problem with the bad spirit, you don't care who it hurts many times because it's all about you. You don't care. Here's this young, precious lady who's made this incredible commitment. Your God will be my God. Where you dwell, I will dwell. Where they bury you, they'll bury me. And moral and all... And you're looking and you're public. Ah, yeah, brought, brought me home with nothing. I'm nothing. Again, the problem with the bad spirit. So many times it injures those who love you the most, those who live in your house, and those who are closest to you. Because now life is all about you. It's all about what's happened to you, how you feel. Pain. Now this family, they got saved probably maybe close to a year ago. Time kind of gets away from me, 11 months. Maybe. Powerfully saved. He'd been in prison four years. That's a riot. I love new converts. He got saved. He's got a wife. He's got several children. And uh, he wanted to get married. And, uh, and I've been uh, working with him, talking to him. I really appreciate you. I was talking to him this morning. We were laughing. Him and his family. They've been saved probably 11 months now, something like that. And uh, he wanted to get married. And uh, I said, well, you know, uh, a church wedding is reserved for people. You, I mean, you got all these children. You've been living together since Jesus. And uh, he said, well, can I get married in the foyer? I never heard that one before. I said, I don't care. You want to get, we'll do it. So on a Wednesday night in the foyer, He's got all of his family there. He's reserved seats in the back. We're gonna have the wedding. He's gonna march them right in and sit them down for church. Everybody's coming out of the prayer room. Here we are, the foyer's filled. And I do, I do, I do. And they're, 
powerfully, but their daughter is interesting. The whole family got baptized pretty much together, the oldest children, the mom and dad. This was back probably eight or nine months ago. Here's this young girl. She's like 13 or 14. And I'm listening to her testify. She says, the reason I joined the gangs, I wanted to hurt people. Because when my father was in prison, a relative molested me. And she's weeping and weeping and weeping. But if you saw her today, her face glows with joy. Her face is like a shine. I saw her this morning. She smiles. She's full of life and joy and peace. Because just because life has violated you, That doesn't have to be your future. That's the power of the gospel. That's the power of what God can do. Here is this woman, Ruth. Her husband's died. Those days, no support system. Your family was your support system. And it's interesting to me, a good attitude sees destiny with flawed people. In other words, here's, she's got to know Naomi. Listen to her. Go back to your gods, your sister-in-law, Orpho. You go back, go back to your gods, your people. And yet, she has to know this woman. I mean, something's happened to her. And yet, she says, don't beg me, one translation, to leave you or stop following you. Where you go, I'll go. Where you live, I will live. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. I ask the Lord to punish me terribly if I do not keep this promise. Not even death will separate us. It's amazing when your spirit's right. You can see beyond someone's flaws and see destiny. Pastor Mitchell told me many, many years ago, ministry is advancing the kingdom with flawed people. In other words, with all of this that Naomi's throwing at her, she still sees destiny. When your spirit's right, it's amazing what you can see in people. You You see potential. They may be a bit weirded out. I don't know about here, but I know in Chandler, we got some strange folks come through the doors. Really. Really, really. But you know what? When your spirit's right, you don't get hung up there on maybe something they say to you or some attitude there. You see potential and destiny when your spirit's right. You see, beyond discouragement in words. You see, a right spirit is able to conquer a curse and bless bitterness. Naomi's bitter because there's no children, no grandchildren. Her sons has died. She sees no future. Poverty is stalking her. You know the story, Ruth. 
she returns and she says, let me go to the fields and glean. No doubt you've heard sermons. Gleaning was that of the foreigner or the very lowest of poverty. It was the reapers would go through the field and maybe they missed a few grains and the foreigner or those, like I say, in deep distress and poverty would come behind them. It was an embarrassment attached to it and they would gather what little grain they could. But here is Ruth. She says, I want to go to the fields. A right spirit sees harvest fields when other people just see burden. And there you know the story in the field. Boaz sees her. And he sees this woman. And he's attracted to her. They eventually join. They get married, so to speak. And something interesting happens. A couple of things. One, she has a child. And she brings this baby boy to Naomi. Ruth 4.14. Then the woman said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a close relative. May his name be famous in Israel. May he be to you a restorer of life. A nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law, she might have been taking a shot here, I don't know, at Naomi, who loves you is better to you than seven sons. Take that. <laughs> Has born him. Then Naomi took the child, laid him on her bosom, and became a nurse to him. When you have a right spirit, you can restore and bring blessing and nourishment to people whose life has torn them and hurt them and broke them and they become bitter or they become twisted and, 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 and your right spirit is so powerful. What kind of attitude do you have? But it didn't just bless bitterness. It conquered the curse. Remember, she's cursed for 10 generations. God said, I don't want a Moabite in my house forever. She has a son. His name is Obed. He has a son named Jesse. The lineage goes down through David to Jesus Christ. You can read about it in Matthew. In other words, this cursed woman now is in the lineage of the Messiah, the Christ. Broke the curse. No doubt many here, there's family curses, there's generational curses. My family had a curse of sudden tragic deaths. My brother, my uncle, Cousins, my daughter, and alcoholism and addiction. Curse. No doubt there's people here, you're, all of you seem like the ladies, illegitimacy. Others, a curse of poverty. 
There's something about a right spirit. There's something about when your heart is just right and your attitude, how you process life, how you work through different. Listen, if you live very long, you're going to have to survive and conquer. Uh, Sometimes people say things. Things happen in life. Disappointments and failures and pain and tragedy and the list goes on and on. But listen, when your spirit's right, God says, I want that lady. Oh, I know she's a Moabite and I know what I said. But because of her spirit and her attitude, God said, I'm going to put a book in my word that carries her name. What kind of spirit do you have? We have a lady in our church, been in our church for years, great lady, served. Your pastor would know her. I mean, been in the church for years, her and her husband, great people, fantastic people. But I'm telling you, she had an attitude. Her attitude had baby attitudes. And I mean, her attitude. I mean, you could feel it from here to San Diego. I mean, no, don't raise your hand. You may be sitting there saying something. But I'm telling you, something happened to her. A few years, it was so profound. Like I say, she served God. She's been a blessing, saying on the platform, a lot of different things, just to I mean, but she just had this time, there's time, this attitude. She got so powerfully changed. People come from conference, pastors and wives, been gone for a year, sometimes two years, and they come back and they grew up in the church. Pastor, what did you do to her? Come hold me a revival. I said, hey, hey, what me? It was... It was so powerful, one Sunday morning in Sunday school, her husband stood up and began to weep. He said, I got a new wife. He's weeping. I got a new wife. I mean, tears. What's he talking about? And I'm talking about, she. I never had a moral issue with her, but she just, her attitude. Listen, God is here tonight to change your attitude. He can do that because that's who he is. He's God. You don't have to carry that. It's addictive. How many of you know bad attitude's addictive? I used to have an anger problem, and I liked it. I got angry. Things, you know, things happen. And it took a while. I was in the ministry, not I was in the assemblies. I was in the ministry, still had an anger problem. I don't advise this. Some guy was witnessing to him in the foyer of the church. He lit up a cigarette. I said, hey, have some respect for the house of God. He lit me off. I set his face on fire. Pam, smoke, flame, everything. <laughs> Listen, if you think about pastoring, I'm not advising that. That's not good doctrine. That could get you in trouble, especially today. But there came a time I said, listen, I'm, I'm not going to live like this. You know the problem with attitudes? I wonder if Naomi realized the negative effect her attitude was having 
on people she loved. That's the, it's not like many times, it's not like you're going out and getting wasted. Because it's up here and it's here. We don't many times realize, hey, 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 that's sin. That's damaging. It hurts people. And it's hindering me from the blessing and the presence and the spirit of God. Can you be honest for a moment with yourself? What kind of attitude do you have? If I ask your spouse, what would they say? If I ask your children, or mom and dad, your t- listen, teenagers, because an attitude can abort destiny. An attitude can cause you to miss ministry, fruitfulness, And if you're not careful, God himself. This woman, because of her spirit, she broke a curse of generations. And she brought blessing to bitterness that changed this woman. And that's not just true of Ruth. That's true of you tonight. I ask you to bow your head with me. Lord, we love you in this place. We thank you for these people, God. You're here tonight. Salvation is such a powerful thing. I went to church 50 years ago. I had no intention of giving my life to Jesus that night and praying. I went because I was angry at someone and my wife said, well, let's just go to church. But that night... I felt God dealing with me. Is God dealing with you tonight about sin? I was messed up. I was crazy. I was a horrible father. I was a terrible husband. I was filled with addictions, not just from chemicals and alcohol and et cetera, but emotional and mental addictions. And I prayed a prayer. I didn't go intending to pray that prayer. But that night, a simple prayer. Jesus, I don't know how to fix it. I'm so messed up. Can you forgive me? And he heard it. And I stand here before you 50 years later saying he gave me a life I didn't even know existed. Heal my marriage, my family took me places. Your pastor mentioned us being in Indonesia and Asia. Met people I never would have known. Listen, salvation is powerful to be forgiven of sin, but it's so much more. Old things pass away and all things become new. I offer you tonight what Jesus died for on the cross, that you can be forgiven, you can be born again, And you can begin to live a new life. That's you here tonight. You say, Pastor, you're speaking to me. I want to pray that prayer. I need Jesus. I need to be saved. That's you tonight. I want you to lift up your hand right now. Just lift it up that I can see it. Lift it up that I can see it. I see your hand in the back. I see another hand over here. Thank you. 
over on my right up the middle. Anyone else? That's me, Pastor. That's me. You join these. You join these. That's me. Here's my hand. Here's my hand. I need Jesus tonight. I need to be forgiven. I'm not right with God. Maybe you're a backslider. You'd lift your hand and say, I want to come home. Tired of trying to live this life. Anyone else? Anyone else tonight? God is dealing with you. You need to be saved. You need to be forgiven. You need a new life. You need to be changed by the blood and salvation. Anyone else? You lifted your hand. Would you lift it up and hold it? You lifted it again. I see your hand. God bless you back there. I see your hand. Lift your eyes and look at me. In the back, I see your hand. I want all of you with your hands lifted. I want you to come and find a place to pray. Would you come, sir? Over here, would you get up out of your seat? Would you come? Someone's going to pray with you. Would you come right here? Someone's going to pray with you. Maybe God's dealing with you. You want to get up and join these right now. You want to get up and join these. You're not saved. You're not right with God. Amen. You're not right with God. I want to change the order of this service. Preach basically about having a right spirit. This is known as the age of the attitude. And when they say that, they're talking about a worldly street attitude most of the time. But that's not what God's called you to. God is dealing with people, speaking to you in this place tonight, that you can be free. You can be changed. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet, front to back, side to side. You'd stand to your feet all over this building. You'd stand to your feet. You'd stand to your feet in respect to what God wants to do. You'd stand to your feet. You'd stand to your feet. I want to open these altars. You want to come and find a place to pray. You want to come and talk to God. You want to come talk to God. God, I don't want to be caught up. I don't want my pain to become my identity and my attitude. God, I don't want to cop a bad spirit because it didn't turn out the way I thought it should. Oh, God, Oh, If you're at your seat, you may be seated. Let's pray, church. Let's pray. Oh, Rama Mama Shandai. Oh, God, the cable Rama Shandai. Let him touch you tonight. Let the Spirit of the Living God touch you tonight. Let him touch your marriage. Oh, Jesus, the cable God, I don't want to be like this. Oh, Jesus, Fill this place, Lord, my God.